What's up? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I am your host, Asia Abstin. I am so thrilled to be back with you guys again. Happy New Year. I'm just pumped. I love New Year. I love a time to refresh, restart, release everything that we rocked with in 2020 because it was a crazy year. So I am pumped to be back with you guys. So today I've got entrepreneur, rock star, television personality, Paula Helens with me, and we are talking normalizing luxury for women, career advice, things she wished she knew before she went on reality TV, things she wished she knew before she started her own business, and she is delivering gems in this episode. So I vote that we just hop right into it. But before we do that, as always, if you're loving the show, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you connect with me on Instagram and hit me about anything. It's Asia at GetRichOrGetDrunkTrying.com if you want to get in touch with me. Let's hop into the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I want to welcome entrepreneur, hair magician, head bombshell <laughs> in charge, Period. bad girl gone good, Paula <laughs> Helens to the show. Welcome, hello, sis. Hello, hello. How Hi, are you? Love. I am awesome. First of all, um, I'm so honored that you have me on here. Like, must I say that I am obsessed with your podcast? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know how you just—it it was like you know how you binge watch a Netflix show. I like binged. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is this is amazing. I'm dead. You <laughs> caught up on the tea? Yes, girl. Did you learn anything? A lot. Did a you lot. follow some of the people that you heard <laughs> yep, from? Sure did. Sure did. That's what's <laughs> up. I'm glad. That's why I created this space. Like I felt like no one was giving me a seat at the table, so I had to make my own damn table. I know that's right. That's what you got to do sometimes. And oh, that's why I started the show because I wanted voices like ours to be heard and to be authentic and not yeah. be watered down where we could just yeah. be bomb ass black women together and exactly. nobody's gonna tell me any other way about it exactly so I'm I glad that it connected with I you love it. and I how love I it. found you I think you were leaving comments mm-hmm. on my post and I was like why does that name sound so dang familiar <laughs> and then I clicked on your page and I was like oh yes and then your little tagline said normalizing luxury for everyday women I said oh okay yep get her on the show let's get her lined up because clearly we got a lot lot in common a lot yeah and actually I think that's how I found your page so um with really getting into this like normalizing luxury and what it what it means even um especially for the everyday everyday woman but especially like black woman um and I just came across your page and I just loved your content. I'm like, yes, this is, this is it. This is it. And I was just loving all of the content, everything you put out. I just was loving your page. I'm so glad that we're connected. See, <laughs> it's meant to be. So for everybody who doesn't know you out there, give us a little introduction. Tell us how the people know you. Spill the okay. tea, Paula. What's up? We'll spill it. We'll spill it. Okay. So my name is Paula Helen. I am a former bad girl from Bad Girls Club season 10 and Bad Girls All-Star Battle season one and two. Um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> what year that was, was that? Time. What was the last year oh, that you wow. were a part of that? Um, 
It had to be 2013 or 2014. Okay, gotcha. All I right. think Just that was the last time I filmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the initial show that I filmed, I believe I filmed that in like 2012. Yeah. And then I did the other two shows. So it's been it's been a while. Um, since then, I moved on. I get back. To, I, now, I've always done hair. This is the thing that I've always done. In college, was always, like, the thing I did on the side. And so, <clears throat> I was a, before I did reality television, before I went on Bad Girls Club, I was actually enrolled in cosmetology school. So, once I moved to the East Coast, I kind of got, you know, readjusted here. It's more settled. And I re-enrolled and went back to doing hair and doing what I what the original plan was always for anyways. Got it. So that was just like a fun little detour. <laughs> yeah, and now it was exactly. time to get back to what you were actually passionate yeah. about. Yeah. You know, I was 26. You know, you in your 20s. It was one of those things, honestly. And to be completely honest, I manifested it, to be very honest. Now, you I, know, uh, I am a manifestation queen. Sis, yes, so ma'am. now I'm going to take yeah. a whole detour. Tell me yes, how you manifested Give me more. <laughs> because when I was I when I became an avid watcher of the show I realized like I had a lot of in common with these girls but like watching things like that I was like yo like I could do that mm-hmm. um there's nothing like why can't I do it you know what I'm saying it was like one of them situations and I've always thought about it life in this way it's like most people say why me and it's like why not me like I love that attitude why yeah. can't I yeah. do that you yeah. know what I mean like there's, There's nothing, nothing different about them yeah. that's different about me. So nothing. just put me in why that. Not, why why not me? You know, so um, and that was something that I think my mother instilled in me very young, which is like you can do anything you want to do. You have to work for it, you know what I'm saying? But anything you want, you can obtain it. And so I've always been a visualizer, you know, as a kid, we thought call it daydreaming. Right. <laughs> If more people would daydream, they'd probably be a little bit more successful in their lives if they started. If you can see it, yeah. But see, back then, I didn't know the language because I didn't really get into it, right? So I didn't know the language, but it's actually called a visualization and it's a manifestation tool. So I used to visualize watching while I was watching the show, visualize being on the show and then taking the necessary steps, looking up the cast and causing different things like that, but taking that action when I knew it was it was time for me to go and do something. And the call, the call when I got the call, <laughs> it was so funny cuz I call it like the worst year of my life. It was like the great depression. Oh no, what happened? Yeah. So I was living in Memphis at the time. I had gotten fired from like my third job, chill. Yeah, I just because some yeah. of us aren't meant to be employees. You just Ever. like, yeah, I just was, you're a I trash was, employee. I am too. <laughs> horrible. I just, you know, I have a problem. If I, if something is wrong, I'm just, I have to say that it's wrong. That's me. Like I, I find it <laughs> difficult to find people that are smarter than me sometimes. So I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> how you should do that. I should be in charge. Yeah, that's I, not right. That's not right. Like that. Nope, not having so, it. And usually I always went in the fire, but whatever. So I I remember the moment, like I'm sitting there, like my account is in a negative, like rent is due. I remember I want to phone my mom. My mom is panicking. She's like, she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to figure it out, mom. But one thing I'm not going to do is worry about it. And um, so I had got like 
my last unemployment check. And I had went home to Chicago and I had got the email stating that they were doing open casting calls in Nashville and they invited me to the casting call. I got like $200. I said, now, if I drive down to Nashville, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to spend my I better last. be coming back with a show. <laughs> I said, I don't know. And I remember I sat there and I prayed. I said, God, just give me a sign. If this is the, if this is my time to go and do this, give me a sign. Literally the very next day, I got a call. And it was casting, inviting me to send in a tape. And I said, oh, I got an email to go to an open casting call. And he was like, oh, you got you got an invitation? Somebody else emailed you? I said, yeah. And he says, oh, well, you should go do that because it's better in person. And I called my best friend up. I said, all right, we're going to Nashville. <laughs> but I knew when I left Nashville, I got it. I was like, oh, I got it. That's incredible. You see how God will work wonders in your life. And, you know, to some people, manifesting has to be this grand, masterful, billion-dollar plan. And to some people, it's, I want to be on this show. It could be whatever you want. And all you have to do is put that in place, put that in your mind, and then do the work behind it. And the universe will open up to you. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, that is it. And that's even where it comes where... The idea, my my whole thing with like normalizing luxury is this idea that it's so far out of our, it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Why do we think that we don't deserve? You think my God, and you know, I don't know if people don't believe in God. I don't know. People's spiritual beliefs, whatever. For me, what sits well with me and my spirit is God. So I don't believe that my God has created this whole entire world and universe to tell me that I got to sit and suffer and I can only make like, what? I'm just here to pay bills and die? Uh-uh. That can't be it. That can't be the plan. Yep. I agree. I say that all the time. Like, it's just, it's too much money out here. It's too much abundance. There's too many opportunities. There's too many places to see for you to have to stay in your small town in your small life with your small ass boyfriend doing nothing. The world is big, sis. Get out there. Paula is giving you permission. I'm giving you permission. It's time to take over for 2021. Man, just get out there. Experience. It's a big ass world. And when I tell you that, there is nothing like, and I've had this mentality since I was young. I knew I'm I'm originally from Chicago, born and raised. But I Hometown. Yes. Hometown. You're- no that's probably why we feel the vibe so much between each other i'm from 87th and kansas sis i went to bogan get into it no way wait what year did you graduate i got my oh five oh wait a second hold up you probably know some of my people hold on we'll, we'll talk about that after the show <laughs> about that later we gotta talk about that later I'm dead. Listen, we'll have a whole kiki and be way off topic, but yes. Wait, we can't talk about that, but okay. gave you that mentality that you could have anything and you believed it. And look at your life now. Absolutely. They set you up for success. And I have to think that's one of the things I, you know, I'm very grateful for my mother for that. You know, it was that, you know, the only thing is that, you know, it was also the mentality where when it came to money, right? So, that was something that I had to work through and learn to work through, which is working through your money mindset, mm-hmm. which that's a real thing, right? Because you have conflicting 
um, you, you have things that are going on that's conflicting within you. And oftentimes that's why people can't keep money because you want it and you desire it. But in your mind, you've been taught that it's bad and you shouldn't want it. You get what I'm saying? Money don't grow on trees. Not with your hands. Yep. That's how people scare money out of their lives because they have that mindset that money is hard to come by. Money yes. is hard to get. Money is hard to keep. And that's not true. Like, it's only true if you believe it. So if you just change your belief system, the mm-hmm. outcome will change. I agree with that 200%. I'm a huge fan of Reverend Ike. I wish that I knew about him my entire life, but he taught me that money is an energy and money is a yes. vibration. And if you vibrate yes. for money, my money will vibrate for you. And y'all will yes. be BFF. Will be best friends. Till the day you die. <laughs> I fully agree. Now, before we get too much deeper into the show, I think it's time for a cocktail. What do you like to sip on, Paula? Talk to the people. What is the get drunk cocktail of the week? The get drunk cocktail of the week, child. So, um, so I'm a vodka girl. Like if I'm out, I drink. I, I'm a vodka girl. I, that's my go-to. I used to always drink Ciroc. So if I'm out, I'm, I usually drink Cosmo. Oh, okay, cute. <laughs> okay, Sex in the City, that's give it to my, me. Yeah, that's, that's my real go-to. I mean, it was it was bad. The the restaurant across the street from my salon. I mean, we would go there so often, and they would come. It's all Cosmo Girl is here. It's like they just about to make it. <laughs> they know what you it want. Was, yeah, but if I'm like out, like at the you know at the cookout or with my mm-hmm. you know party or something like that, um, typically a Tito's and cranberry with a splash of Sprite. Keep it real simple. I'm not mad at that at all. You can't go wrong with Tito's. I will link a bomb cocktail Cosmo recipe for you guys in the show notes. You know I do it every week. I got you this week, too. That's a good recommendation, babe. So you took a season on Bad Girls Club or or an experience on Bad Girls Club Mm -hmm. and parlayed it into so much other success. Like, how did you make something so much bigger out of you know, what is essentially 15 minutes of fame. Um, yeah, it is. And it, it really is. So for me, when I initially did the show, I never did the show like because with the idea that, oh, I'm going to get famous and I'm just going to make all this money. It was like my idea of why I did the show was one, just to have the experience to say that, you know, this is something that I said I wanted to do when I did it. Um, but I wanted it more for the audience. Um, once you put, once you, I, I saw how I was, got into knowing these girls at this time. This is like when Instagram is like really like kind of taking off. Um, so I'm kind of watching their lives unfold. And it's like, I could take this and use the platform to do what I really want to do. So Wait, as so mm-hmm. in 2014, at 26 years old, you already yeah. had that mindset of yeah. like, I'm going to use this as a tool yes, to do more absolutely. in my life. That's crazy because most mm-hmm. people at 26, especially because like you said, Instagram was just starting to just like starting. build steam. Social media wasn't even a thing like mm-hmm. that. And you already had the the foresight to see that you could do so much more with that platform. That's crazy. Like kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. I always been a hustler. Period. Since I was young, 14, I had to figure out my number one goal at 14. I need to get a job. I need to make some money. Like, so that's always been my mindset is how can I use what I have to get where I want to go next? 
Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was in cosmetology school. I couldn't keep a job. Like, and that was the first time in my life where I was, I was like not being able to keep a job. Like, I'm getting fired. I'm like, what is all of this that's happening? Um, and it, it, it was frustrating because I had just finally enrolled in cosmetology school, and I was so excited to finally be feeling like I'm doing something that I really wanted to do. And then everything else around me was like falling apart. So wow. I'm like, it's got to be a better way. Right. <laughs> it has to be a better way. It can't be this, you know. So I'm like, okay, we're posting on um, Instagram or you're using Facebook at this time and Twitter and things that people are like promoting on social media. And it's like, okay, if I get more of an audience and people become more just aware of who I am, mm-hmm. then I can use this platform to now propel my career in the beauty industry. That's how I looked at it. That was always the plan. So even from the gate, before I went on the show, I was selling hair. Okay. So my idea was, okay, I go on the show with the hair, right? Now that's free promotion. Mm -hmm. When I come off the show, I'm going to be talking about the hair that I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And then I was really big. I made sure I did the girl's hair. All I talked about in in the house was that I was in cosmetology school. Everybody knew Paula did hair. Because that's all I wanted to be known for. Got it. So you already went in with a strategy. You had a plan from day one. You have to go. Anytime you're doing anything with a platform, there has to be a strategy behind what it is that you're doing. Okay. Right? There has to be a purpose. Because Mm -hmm. if not, especially if you're doing something like television, you will get lost. Okay? And it's very easy, especially in social media, even on even today with social media, it's, it's, it's easy for you to get lost and caught up in what's going on around you and not really understand, like, listen, you still have to have a plan. There has to be a motive behind what it is that you're doing. What do you want out of it? What are you doing this for? Because if you just want attention, that's really not going to work out for you well. Uh-uh, because you get all type of attention. Yeah. You get the bad attention, but it's like, well, what attention did you want? You know, you got the attention and then they're devastated when it's over with and they're doing any old little thing to get the attention. And then that's a winding road to nowhere. Yes. Asia, I could go on and on about all of that. I think it's so brilliant. You went in with a strategy at 26 (laughs) before social media even was really a big thing. Like that, that was, that was somebody leaning on your shoulder, like letting you know how to do it. Cause most people don't think that way. They just want to get on to get on. They have no plan, no strategy, nothing to sell, no idea. They just want a little bit of of attention. Yeah. They just want to be famous, especially back then. That was, that was a thing. It's like, I just want to be famous. It's like, I didn't. What I, my final interview, I remember they asked, are you going to run the house? And I said, I don't give a damn about running the house. Like, I, <laughs> I'm trying to run my wallet. I, exactly. I don't care about who's the star and who's, I don't care about any of that. I want them to know that who Paula is, where they can find me and that I do here. That's it. That is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Come on, strategy. Come on, you got to strategize, honey. So I would say, you know, why do you think you were able to build another platform behind it and grow your business behind it as compared to other girls? But clearly the answer is because you came in the door knowing what your intention was. Exactly. And I think that that's the most important thing. Um, I remember... One of my other friends, she was going on another show and 
when we did her call, I said, listen, I don't care what it is, you, but you need to have a strategy. You need to go into that house. You need to figure out what it is you want to be known for. What are you coming out of this with? Because I remember when I came off the show, I had a conversation with, um, with my cousin. And she was saying, when I came on, she was like, no, we got to do this and that because we got to get you a spinoff. And I said, listen, I don't care about getting on another show. I said, there's only one thing that I care about, building something so that if I'm never on television ever again, I'm straight in my family straight. That's all I cared about. Like all of that other stuff, that's cr- that's cool. You know, it right. was great that I got the the second and third show because it just kind of like extended the window um, and the time that I was on television. But my goal when I came off was that I just wanted to build something that was mine that lasted years and years beyond. Like that was it. It was it was my stepping stone. And that was so brilliant, it. especially now because the entire network um, is not Go, exactly. The network doesn't even exist anymore. So imagine had you banked your entire future, your entire personality, your entire persona on Bad Girls Club, the entire network has folded. So where would you be now had you not built something for yourself beyond that? Exactly. The franchise doesn't even exist anymore. It doesn't exist. It's gone. It's and it's been gone for years. It's like lost in the sauce. Really, yeah. still trying to figure out who am I without this identity. You know what I mean? I was never a part of the bad girl. I just did Bad Girls Club. Right, right. You just made it a puzzle piece and not the entire board. I love it. Um, did you see other women in your network and in your experience want to do more and just not be able to take that? little bit of attention and play it into something else yeah absolutely um I think a lot of of girls from (laughs) so there's an interesting thing that happens um that's not often discussed from what I see um where there is a moment when after you do the show it's a very weird space that you're in because you know everybody around you is looking at you like Oh, you're famous, or you're you're not the same. Like you did television. Like you're supposed to be rich. You're supposed like they automatically think that you do TV that you're rich. I don't know who where that came from or who started that, but they just automatically think that you're rich. And it's like, so now you have this, and then you you add on the pressure from social media to look like you have it just all together and you're just popping. And the sad reality is, is like a lot of them girls, you don't make any money off of that show. They literally pay you $500 a week. That's it. Oh, no. And people give up. And I mean, you're there almost three months. So like you have to quit your job. You lose your apartment. Like, oh, no. Yes. And they pay you $500 a week. And then they like, you don't get paid after the show. No. I mean, and, and unless you're like, you know. I mean, after, you know, it was the parties and you get booked for that, but even still, not But just the check from the show are, is peanuts. It's peanuts. That's it's not wild. even worth talking about. Right. Wow. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. I yes, didn't know yes. that it was that brutal. Yes, me. And the, the gag about that is reality TV costs $0 to produce. Like, they pay for production and they rent a house and that's it. Like, that costs no money so they are just making all profit from reality shows yeah that is wild so people thought you were rich 
you're famous and now what they have a different like perspective of you (laughs) no it's like when you come off it's like you have this idea where you can't work a regular job I used to hear that all the time but I can't go and work like like girls feel like you can't go or not even just back girls, to the, to the customer like, service you can't go back to the bank you get right. what i'm saying because then you got the people like you just did that show like why you work here you you see what happened with the actor um right. i can't remember his name from um it was he was working at um trader no not trader joe's oh yeah 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 like, he was yeah. on the cosby show the Cosby show, yes. Yeah. And then people were talking crap about him and because were, he was working about at him. the grocery store. Like, exactly. I had a family to feed. The Cosby show was 25 years ago. What do you mean? I, Of course exactly. I have to have a job. Exactly. If I was out here doing something illegal, y'all would talk crap too. So what do you, exactly. it can't be both ways. Exactly. Gotcha. So okay. it's the same kind of a concept of when you do, you know, the reality TV you know, lifestyle, the people are looking at you like you can't do this, but then it's like, well, I'm broke. So what am I supposed to do? So now you find in this, this weird space of you're just kind of lost. And then you get into doing a whole bunch of busy work, especially when you start adding in social media to look busy and look productive and look like I'm this star and like, you're not. And so I did what I had to do. I just, I just flipped every, every space I was ever in. I just took it. I ran with it. At this point, I'm an influencer. So when Instagram became a big thing, you know, we, we didn't have a name for what what, yeah. what I was, right? Back then, there wasn't a name for influencers. So it was like, oh, okay, people are sending me free stuff. People are making money. I can get bookings and hosting from this. I ran with it as long as I could until I got settled because I knew I'm like, wherever I go, I want to be stable because that's where I'm going to launch the hair. And in order to really get into the beauty industry, you have to be stable, right? You got to be in one spot. And so at that point, it's when I got back into school that I stopped doing all of that. And mm-hmm. I made the transition into to just focus being, on business, focus on business. Mm-hmm. So now you have bombshell hair studio. Mm-hmm. What made you put it in the middle of Connecticut? That seems like <laughs> such and no shade to the good people of Connecticut. I don't know anything about your state, but yeah. that just seems so random to me. Like, how did that happen? Well, I was living in Connecticut. I've been living in Connecticut seven years now. Okay. So my boyfriend is from here. Ah, okay. As a good man, (laughs) I brought you to Connecticut. I'm like, we're from Chicago. How did you? How did you? I didn't look. Yeah, and I actually met him while I was filming Bad Girls Club. So right before I left the house, I had met him. And then we, so then I, I moved to Connecticut and, um, you know, it just made sense. But even here, it was, it's not, you, you, you know, you always about, the thing about business is you want to look for, you know, a solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that many, I originally started doing here in the Bronx, but it wasn't that many black owned salons, but especially like, like of a certain caliber. Caliber, yeah. Upscale. Gotcha. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, why is that, right? So why is it that black salons, we call them shops? Mm-hmm. And I went to school in Manhattan. And I mean, Fifth Avenue, these salons are, like, beautiful. When I was going on interviews and stuff to be an assistant. $500 haircuts. Like, it's crazy. And I'm like, I want a salon where it's certain things that are normal. Like, it's normal for 
your stylist to be on time. <laughs> for your appointment to start on time. Just the and, fact that I laughed at that should tell you how exactly. funny. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. These things make sense. Like you're going to get quality customer service and you're going to be in a beautiful environment and you don't have to come with your hair already washed. Oh, no, ma'am. Absolutely not. Not only do you not have to come with your hair already washed, you're going to get washed in a chair, in a massage chair. We're going to lay you back. We're going to turn it on. You're going to get a scalp massage and all of your services are going to include a customized treatment for your hair texture and a trim because we I put love it. I but love it. Healthy hair first. Normal. That right. should be normal. Instead of the exception. And exactly. So that's what I mean when I say normalizing luxury for the everyday woman. Is that certain things should be just like this is just regular life. It shouldn't be like, oh my God, oh, I can't believe that I, I can't go to a salon and get and get my hair washed or you know, I can't go to Starbucks. And sometimes your your luxury may be different, right? Because right. luxury means is, different things to different people. Exactly. It just, so it's whatever. But it's defining what is luxury for your life. Sometimes your luxury may be, I'm going to take, a, on, on Sundays, I'm going to take an hour to give myself a bath and light some candles and spend some time with myself. Mm-hmm. That could be your luxury. But that should be normal yeah. for you. I love it that message. I agree 100%. I I am stressed. Yeah. And now I need something good to happen to me. No, like bring the good into your life all the time and you'll be less stressed. Like, shockingly, those things work hand in hand. I teach luxury in my Lux365 course and I named it that for that exact reason because you can have abundance, you can have luxury, you can have love, you can have exotic travels, you can have money, you can have a bomb business. It's up to you to decide what luxury looks like for you and nobody else can tell you otherwise. It's nobody your business else. and your job to make it happen for you. Amen, sister. Amen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I love what it. would you say has been your biggest hurdle in the beauty industry? What do you think or what do you wish you would have known before you opened a salon, before you got into beauty? For all my beauty entrepreneurs out there, give them a tip, sis. Whew, Jesus, there's so many things. I got time. Go ahead. <laughs> Get your um, pens and paper. Paula is about to give you some game. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things, especially like in the beauty industry that I wish that I'd known before opening an, opening a salon is that. It is going to require um, a lot of management of people and emotions. Um, and that is, is, so it's not even about you. You know what I mean? When it comes to even managing your staff, you have to be empathetic, but you have to be stern at the same time. Right? A word. Empathetic, but stern. I love yes. that. Put yes. that on the t-shirt right there. <laughs> you hit that one on the head. That might be in the yes. Get Rich uh, merch store in about five minutes because I like yeah. that one. Yes, because you want to empathize with the person, even when it comes to clients, though, you know, and I find myself there all the time where it's like I'm empathetic to your situation. I completely understand. But at the same time, this is a business. Right. So I still have to. The rules are the rules. You know, I can love you, but it doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't going to be certain repercussions. You get what I'm saying? So even with managing, you know, people and managing a staff. Not to get, not to allow their personal lives to now become weighing on you 
and you are bending to oblige or to adjusting what your rules are for people. Because you can only bend so many times before you yeah. break. And if you break, exactly. the entire business falls apart. Exactly. And now nobody has a job. Now what are we going to do? Not a soul. Right. So it's finding that middle ground where, yeah, you can be empathetic. You need to be empathetic because, you know, people and things happen. But set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And stick to them. I like that. That's fantastic uh, advice. And I think that that pertains to almost any industry you're going to be managing people and their emotions no matter what like unless you work with robots all day you're gonna have to manage somebody's emotions and that's your job because you represent the business it's your name over the the marquee you're in charge it's very difficult to learn to manage people but I think if you come from that headspace of trying to be empathetic, trying to like see where they're coming from while also sticking to your boundaries. I think that's a setup for success. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, And, and the same. So, and then from the other business side of it, but for stylists, I just want specifically for stylists. (laughs) Uh Oh, I'm nervous. No, I just want, especially black stylists. We have to level up our professionalism. It just has to happen. Um, Shots fired. Expect like the 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 disrespect that you know uh, black stylists get, and they, and they want to understand like why we're getting so disrespected. But it's because we lack so much professionalism. Learn get get involved with understanding systems. Put things in place. Have order. Run it as a business and not like a hobby. If you want to make this into a career, you have to take it serious. If you want business money, you got to run it like a business. If you You want hobby money, keep running it like a hobby. Exactly. And so put yourself on a schedule, stick to your schedule, be on time for your appointments. If you are running late, communicate with your clients, let them know. Hey, I'm going to be professionalism, something that they teach you guys in cosmetology school or. No. So listen, cosmetology school is, is is very it's kind of a joke honestly oh um, no <laughs> it is based on the times right because the first of all the hair industry it evolves every about five years right trends are always changing but the industry the cosmetology program has been the same for probably like 30 40 years gotcha it's so the they're teaching same you curricula. like outdated techniques that people don't even use anymore type of thing exactly I think and, you found another side hustle, sis. It sounds like you need to update the curriculum for the state of Connecticut. Boom, bam, there you yeah, go. Rub me my money. Who can we email? Look, they're not just Connecticut, the whole United States, because it's it becomes nationwide. The requirements, you know what gotcha. I mean? Um, and so a lot of people, because I would hear a lot of people say, Oh, I want to go to cosmetology school to learn how to do hair. I said they don't teach you how to do hair, they teach you how to pass the boards. Got it. Very oh, basic, no. very basic, basic information. How to do a relaxer, um, basic coloring, like you know, nothing that's on trend or no, no type of skill or you know, styling and stuff like that. Um, and then when it comes to actually teaching you business, right? No, it's not a thing. They don't. They just send you it's out. It's not there a thing. It's not a thing. They they teach you like. Like they make it so like ro- like rose colored glasses, right? So you're gonna start working, you're gonna start as an assistant, it's gonna be so great. And it's like you get out there in the real world and it's not great like that. It's not that easy to build clientele. Okay. 
So that's something else for people that are starting out in the industry or wanting to grow. You have to have a lot of patience because if you're coming from school, you have these high expectations. And the reality is it's going to take you anywhere from a year to two years to actually build a solid clientele. And if you start at another salon as an assistant, you might be an assistant at that, in that salon anywhere from two to three years, sometimes five before Yikes. you're promoted. Yes. So you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of love for this industry. What you do. And use that side time to figure out the business end of what yes. you're doing because apparently school has not prepared you for that. It's and not. It's, <laughs> it's not. A lot of what I learned as far as how to run and grow my business, it was a lot of research things and things that I learned on my own. Um, so it was Google was my best friend, child. Listen, I had never Google. I would Google everything up so many late nights. How to market, how to brand. I am how the to same grow. way. Listen, finding so many books, reading it, um, just to learn how to always be better. You know what I mean? Learning about the LLCs, learning about your business credit, how to build your business credit, how to fund your business, um, which... Listen, I learned a lot. Okay. Yeah. I have learned a lot, but in the same and the same breath, it it showed me that even in business, nothing is like impossible for you to get. Um, so even if you want to learn about you can build your business credit, you can get business. There there is an abundance. Yeah, especially now. There's so many that are available to you. Yes. yes. And people have a supercomputer in their hand. 12 hours a day. You got an iPhone in your hand and you use it to scroll through Instagram all day. Use it to get some money. There are Mm -hmm. so many resources out here now. It's not like, you know, 10 years ago where you could only go to a bank and that was your only option. That was your only way of finding anything out. You've got YouTube University. Use it. Ask the right questions to the right people. Send Mm -hmm. those DMs and ask pointed questions ask questions that are not easy to find on the internet ask someone to be your mentor ask for help is nothing wrong with asking for help especially in this millennial space because our parents didn't own businesses our grandparents aren't passing money down to us like that Mm -hmm. we are the first generation that's finally being like well maybe i don't have to go to college for 500 (laughs) years and become a lawyer and that's the only way to make money like maybe i can start my own thing yeah, that's so funny that you said that because that's what I was going to school for. See? So my and, aunt, imagine my where your life would have tell ended you. Up. She would be like, you're still supposed to be my lawyer. No, mama, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Let that dream I'm go. Not. Why don't Let you go, go law school, mom? Let it go. go, baby. Yeah. Hey, she was like, well, I guess you're just not going to be my entrepreneur. Yes, ma'am. As if she's disappointed with that answer. Yes. Even with, even with that, you know, like I'm still, my my degree's in in political science, right? So it just really taught me how to analyze information, how to do research, really. So it does help me be able to run, operate and grow a business. That's why I'm able to do it. You know what I mean? Being detail oriented, paying attention to the small shit, knowing how to research. Where do I go for this information? Mm -hmm. So many people don't even know where to go for information. Like I said, I started just Googling. It's like... I look at so many people and say, did you Google it? Before you come ask me, did you Google it? Okay, hello. 
Hello, and that goes to everybody in my DMs asking me silly questions every day. Did you Google it? What did Google say? And what, what did Google Media say? And what did Reddit say before you come over here? Before you go, did you go to the third page of Google and see what came up? Thank you. Not just did the first see? answer. Did you deep dive? Did you do an yes. advanced search? Yes. I know. Did you I go on Amazon and search for books? Did you go on Kindle and look up and see if it's a book? Did you go to Barnes and Noble? What you mean? Oh, I felt that. I oh, girl, that see that could be a whole other episode. That's when you come in, me and Paula's DMs, come correct. Have some have some business about yourself. I want to help people that want to help themselves, and I think you're the same way. Once I see somebody has the the grits and the gusto to keep going on their own and then they get stuck that's where I'm happy to put my cape on and step in and give you whatever game I have but if you're just coming to me asking me something silly and simple that you could ask Siri matter of fact you don't even have to google that (laughs) no you're not serious don't waste my time don't waste my time they don't want to look for the information. They just want to be given the information. Yep, handed to them. And that's how I know you're not serious about your entrepreneurial journey and I ain't got time. So oftentimes when black women elevate their lives to a luxurious place, we get backlash and we get Mm -hmm. the gossip. And it's whether you're running a successful business or just buying like a fly pair of Louboutins, there's some shenanigans behind when we as black women do it. What's your take on that? Um, you know, my take on that is I never understand. I have never understood it, you know, for the life of me. Why is it that when the black woman levels up, it's always that there it has to be a reason, right? It's never because, oh, she on her shit. She a boss. She's smart. She work her ass off. She has amazing work ethic. It's never that. It's Oh, her dude bought her that. That's the first thing they say every her, time. Her family got money. Yep. Uh, it's like, what? Like, excuse me? I know. Why is that, Paula? Why do people I, think that? I think that it's, it's an issue and it's an insecurity that they feel about themselves because they feel like it's something that's unattainable For because them. they don't understand that the same way that this girl got it, you could look at her as the inspiration because if she did it, that means you could do it too. Mm-hmm. She's just like you. We're mm-hmm. all one and the same. There's no different. We all have the same amount of hours. Um, regardless of whatever your background is or wherever you come from, it starts with your mindset. And if you are you are looking at someone with jealousy and envy, you're you're coming with this mindset that there's not enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. So Lack and scarcity. So if she got it, that means she took it from me. She didn't take anything from you. And matter of fact, if you go and befriend her, she probably could tell you how to get it too. Boom. There it is right there. You hit that one on the head. Like people, if they had that mindset, man, we could all get so much further, so much faster. Like she's not taking anything away from you. Like Louis Vuitton, wide open. Just because I bought a new bag doesn't mean that there are no more bags for you. Go get (laughs) one. Matter of fact, let me give you my sales associate's number so he can get it to you early. If you come to me with that perspective, we can do this together. Like there's no need for people to have that lack mindset. That does not get us anywhere. At all. And even... Even though my my argument used to always be when they would be like, oh, her, that's because her dude got money. Okay. And if that is the truth, right, 
You should probably go talk to her to figure out how to meet a man of his caliber, sis. Because guess what? The men with money hang with other men with money. So if you a stop. Mood, hey, a lifestyle. Because, you understand what I'm saying? You sit at the table with millionaires. The conversation is different. Everything. And I understand you You looking at this with envy because you're like, I want to figure out, instead of just saying, I want to figure out how to get a guy with money. You don't understand how many women actually don't even know to be like, how do you get a guy to spend money on you? Mm-hmm. And instead of you being honest with yourself and just saying, well, how do I attract? Because that's what it's about. It's about attracting that type of men. But when you have this mindset, like where there is an abundance of everything. You're going to, like attracts like. Yep. Okay, so this concept that uh, opposites attract, no, 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 baby girl. Like attracts like. So if this man of this caliber is attracted to this woman, there is something in common with them. It's she is attracted that you should be trying to, to mirror and someone exactly. you should be trying to align yourself with and not from a place of envy and jealousy, but of admiration. It's of okay admiration. to admire somebody. It's okay it's, to be inspired. inspired. Yeah, to be to inspired. inspired. Yep. Teach me the game, coach. Put me on. That's what I'm saying. Like, how can I be down? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And any woman worth her salt is going to be like, sure. Like, what's up? What do you want to know? Like, I would be happy to help you because she's not a hater. Because she could be a hater and get to the place that she's at in life. So each one, teach one. And we would all really get a lot further, a lot faster if we had that mentality. You hit that one on the head. Like attracts like. 100% the law of attraction, the law of expectation. That's how they work. It's not opposites attract. It is like attracts like when we're talking about people and vibrations and energy. Absolutely. So if if she's attracting a, a boss, it's because she's a boss. Yep. So give her her, like, give her her, give her, flowers. her flowers. Yep. Give, give her her, her flowers. flowers. That girl is a boss. Be a fan, not a hater. I Fully, fully, yes, fully agree. I love that. Be a fan, not a hater. Amen. See, we so many quotables in this episode. I knew it. <laughs> so many quotables. Like the streets are gonna love it. Y'all are really getting gems out of Paula today. Um, I'm here for I know a it. A little bit about a lot. A little bit about. <laughs> See, that's the Chicago in you. That's we're not gonna get that credit to Connecticut. Yeah. That is the Chicago. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. You know they say Chicago raised, Connecticut paid. That's how it is. I'll take it. I'll take it. And I'm talking because I'm in Miami. As much as I love Chicago, I live in Miami. It is too cold at the crib. Oh, what? Yep. Coming to you live from South Beach, sis. I can't do it. It's too cold at home. Can't do it. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't even say nothing because Connecticut is cold, too. It's the same. How you moved from freezing to more freezing is beyond me. But that's the uh, day. Chicago is worse because it's windier. Okay, well, I'm going to take your word for it because I have no business in Connecticut. So, I mean, I might have to just come get my hair done. But other than yeah, that, you could come do that. Or I'll come to my be out there. Yes, there you go. Bring, yes. Thank you. Um, Another question for you. We need the get rich tip of the week. You are a boss. You are a multi-hyphenate and entrepreneur. You are about your bread. Give the people the get rich tip of the week. Get rich tip of the week. So I have so many of them. <laughs> um, probably, 
probably one of the one of the one of the tips that I I got from one of my um, clients. This was years ago, but actually back in Chicago, she taught me this about when you know you can afford something. She said, when you want to buy something, look at the cost, multiply it by three. She said, if you can still afford, if you can still buy it at three after three times, that means you can afford it. And so I have adopted that. And that is how I make purchases. So if I look at something, that's like saying something costs like a thousand dollars, right? You'd be like, oh, I got a thousand dollars. I can pay, I, I can get this because I got, you know, a thousand dollars in my account. No, baby girl, you can't afford it. Now, if you had three thousand dollars, then it's, it's in the budget. <laughs> yeah, because you gotta learn to live within with in your means. Actually, I believe in living under your means, you know. Um, because that's how you can actually grow. Right. That's how you're always at a surplus. You're always at a surplus at that point. Um, And it makes it easier. Even the value of things. Like if you look at something and be like, okay, yeah, it's $100. I'll buy it. But if that same item costs $300, would you buy it? No. Right. That means it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Keep that money in your pocket. Uh, When this airs, a lot of you will have gotten your stimulus check. Yes, that stimmy. Don't spend that whole stimmy. Okay. Don't go blow it. On some Unless shenanigans, I just posted Unless all this week. Exactly. Unless you come to get your hair done. Unless you buy merch from the podcast. Don't do it. <laughs> $600 is plenty enough money to invest in something, to start your own uh, side hustle. I have a list actually up on my show right now on the Instagram, on the blog of 25 businesses you can start for less than $600. There is no reason for you not to be side hustling in 2021 the government has already made it very clear that they don't give a damn about you that's why they're giving you six hundred dollars after six months of shenanigans so don't (laughs) wait on your job to save you don't wait on biden to save you don't wait on unemployment to save you save yourselves use that that couple coins and do something serious with it invest it have a strategy be like paula be a bombshell run it up that's what we're doing in 2021 period period (laughs) now because you are a big reader because you are a college girl because you are a smarty pants hit me with a book that has changed your life or changed your business in any way oh wow so this listen I have so many books because I've been an avid reader I actually just started a challenge this year where I am challenging myself to read one book every week 52 books because the average millionaire reads 50 plus books Oh, so I love it. I need to get in on that challenge then. So, um, what is the book this week? So the book this week that I'm I'm reading is by Rachel Hollis and it's called, um, didn't see that coming. Okay. So, uh, it's really about navigating through challenges and tough times. Um, it's talking about, you know, the pandemic and things like that, but how you come out of a challenge challenging times and you're not going to be the same and that's okay but you get to define who you are in every stage of your life okay i'm here for that it's a really good book um when it comes to the the three books i would say that would change my life and my business would be um jen sincero so she had a series called the badass Mm -hmm. so the first one was the first one i read um, the yellow one or the green one i think the the yellow yellow one. one 
Yeah. The yellow the one, you are a badass. And yes. then the green one, which you are a badass at making money. Yeah. That's actually the book that got my mind where I started to realize, oh, shoot. Yep. I can parlay all of this sauce into money. Yeah. I'm like, I got a conflicting relationship with the money. Yeah. So that kind of helped me get my mindset together. Um, and last but not least, it would have to be Ryan Holiday. He is one of my absolute favorite authors. Okay. Um, the Obstacle is the Way. Oh, okay. Holiday. Interesting title. Yes. <laughs> it's really, it's a really good book. It's a, so it's a pretty much about explaining that the challenges that we face in life, like, is, is totally normal. That is a part of life. But sometimes that hardship have to go through that hardship to get to the other end like to get to where life gets good to get to your purpose to get sometimes you have to go through the obstacle it is the way whatever you want to get to your desire you have to face the challenge got you I like that I like that the the work that you're avoiding is where your success is if you get deep into that work and get entrenched into the hard part the success is on the other side of that. I like That's that. That's a good title. Okay. Yeah. Well, as I always do, I will link these books in the show notes that Paula recommends. I also recommend um, You Are a Badass and You Are a Badass at Making Money. That's been recommended on the show a couple times because it's so good. Like everybody I know that likes to make it's money so has good. read them. So I don't know yeah. how to explain to y'all <laughs> to read the damn book. The, the woman knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's talking about. Jen knows what she's talking about. Yep. She know how to get a, a check, period. Paula, oh, you were, oh, there's more. Tell me. Yeah, I'll give you one. One more. Mel Robbins, five second rule. Okay. Well, That's, what is the five? God damn, I got to read the, the five second out what it is. Or the five second rule is it's pretty much trying, it, it's pretty much about facing your procra- procrastination, right? And how you trick your mind into doing the hard things by counting down from five. It's the five second rule. When you don't want to do something, just count to five. Five, four, three, two, one, get your ass up and do it. Oh, I like, you know what? No excuses. I that right now because I'm supposed to go to the gym when I'm done talking to you. <laughs> I'm gonna just count to five. Just count to count down. <sighs> count down like the um. I like want to be uh, snatched. Exactly, girl. We gotta get. Well, you. I'm about to say for the summer. You already in the summer. It's the summer always, cause I live in Miami. Exactly. Like it's literally 85 <laughs> degrees outside. Wow, I'm so jealous. I think I'm gonna go to wow. the pool after the gym, cause life. Okay, is good. goodbye, Asia. Now <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> You're invited to Miami anytime. Like pull up. We here. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Don't don't tip me because it's cold. Okay, well, rock your fur coat first that you got from me, and after that, then come to Miami. Absolutely, I it's your wait. official invitation. So I'm gonna let the listeners know whether you pulled up or not. Oh, okay, yeah. I want the receipts. Bring Bay, everybody. Bring everybody. <laughs> Look, we showing up. I'm like Asia. You said I could come. Yeah, we well, yeah. Let's go get some champagne. It was a pleasure to have you, Paula. I knew you were gonna crush this episode. Like, thank you for being with us today. Seriously. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I will have all of Paula's information in the show notes, information on her studio, information on her Instagram, how to get in touch with her, her book recommendations, everything as I always do. I love you guys. It was a pleasure. I will see you next week.